When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Footballistically, Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello and welcome to Footballistic Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. I'm joined by sidekick Psychic Josh is away. I don't know where he's not away, he's in London. Gilad and he, 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 he claims he's in Edinburgh, however, it, Edinburgh. Uh, it strikes me as kind of weird that the two days after his uh, his father, Arsene Wenger, suffers a terrible defeat, yeah. Joshua is nowhere to be seen. Good so point. Uh, we'll see about that. Yeah, Gilad, you've stepped in boldly. To the to the uh, sidekick sidekick slot, I feel. Oh no, you just you just a guest, Gillard. Yeah, I mean, just a guest. I'm giving just you a full guest. guest status. Thank you, Brian, right from the start. Gillard Kestenbaum. You're not on Twitter, are you? I'm not. I'm not. Defiantly, keep a very low profile. Yeah. yeah. I, I tell you what, though, when Wenger does get sacked, the next day I'll be on Twitter. Oh, okay. Well, you've you've, <laughs> you've laid your cards out. Exactly. You've set out your stall, <laughs> as I believe they say. And we're joined by Charlie Eccleshare, as I often say, actual football journalist. Hello, Charlie how are you doing? Her Majesty's Daily Telegraph. Absolutely. Were you at the game? You... I wasn't, thankfully. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was off uh, this weekend, oh, okay. um, so I, yeah. But obviously, you watched it. Yes, I watched it um, no, and it. got in a really bad mood, and yeah. it was yeah. the worst bit of my holiday. Yeah, and we, we will be joined by Alan Algar, I hope, as, a, as our other guest. He's not here yet, um, but, you know, we thought we'd start without him and let him wander in randomly at any point. And before we, get, we continue, we should say that football... This, we should say that footballistically Arsenal, I can't speak because I am jet lagged, even though it's only an hour behind, but I got in very late last night from Barcelona. <laughs> footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Labrooks. Bet £5, get £20. If you deposit £5, Labrooks will add another 20 to your account. And you can get this offer by following the link at, uh, at bet.arsenalpodcast.net. That is bet.arsenalpodcast.net. I'm sure you've written that down, Gilad. Yep, yep. It's in, it's in, it's in the phone. We'll be on there very soon. Um, so we're doing the... We're doing the two podcast things, so we'll talk about the, the Stoke, as I'm calling it, Farago, um, first, in full, and our current feelings about everything. And then we'll talk in a separate podcast that will go out on, on Friday, before the match against Liverpool. We'll talk in more detail about that. That's the plan, Charlie, just to explain what the hell we're doing. Um, and 
I should start by making an apology uh, to listeners about the last podcast. Oh, yes, Alan, now we're good. Alan, we'll start without you. Sorry. Live, live podcasting this is. Yeah. Just due to time pressures, Alan. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never been late before. No, you've never been late before. And, and let me just say, all I've done is talk about Labrooks and um, introduce the guests. And I've mentioned you already. And we're listening to you live sitting down and approaching the microphone. Alan, how are you? Great. Excellent. All things considered. All things considered, exactly. Um, so I was saying we're going to talk about the, the Stoke, the, the aftermath of the Stoke game and our general things. But I was, about to, I was in the middle of an apology to our lovely listeners for last week's Giroux Fest, in which like, everyone was joining in with this, like, oh, isn't it great that staying and, you know, it's lovely and everything. And obviously, as, 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 a, as a fundamentalist Giroux doubter that I am, even, I, I'm fine with him being super sub and he came on, but already I'm annoyed because he came on and he took off like a Zet. And I know well, that wasn't the direct substitution. There was a period when they were on the pitch together. But I just thought, I just think him up front again, slowing everything down, it really annoys me. Anyway, I just wanted to make that clear that now I'm back. I won't, I won't, <laughs> I won't allow not unquestioned Giroud love to occur ever again. But we're all, so did you watch the match? Well, you, weren't, you weren't there by any chance. I wasn't there. No. no. Gilad, watch yeah, you watched watch it on live on, watch the match, on Beach um, and Sport. And yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it's the normal Arsenal start, isn't it, under under Mr. Wenger? Um, I don't think any of us are surprised anymore in terms of, you would have thought after five or six seasons of starting badly, uh, the man would know that we need to be well prepared. However, going into the uh, last week of the transfer window, we have a terrible defeat now. Um, we have him coming out with his bleating excuses. Uh, discussing now, I mean, just, just to say this, Boyd, uh, going on to the game. So when I saw the lineup come up... Um, I wasn't really sure why we were playing two left backs uh, in no. central midfield. And also, why is Mustafi at the club? Central defence. Central defence, yeah. even. Why is Mustafi at the club if he can't even play in his chosen position? I mean, Wenger splashed out on him 35 million last year and he's playing on the right-hand side. And then we've got Bellerin on, on the left wing. I mean, the whole thing was, even for Wenger, yeah. that, that and to just... Be, it's a very good point to start with because I, I, I had the same thought. And also... Um, to add in such a per Mertesacker on the bench. Exactly. And my question right from the start was, well, he played brilliantly in the cup final against Chelsea, the champions. And, you know, what? surely against Stoke, it's, he was on the bench, he must be fully fit. You know, otherwise, why was he there? Why have this gaggle of people, defenders out of position, this kind of ragtag bunch? And he kind of did it last week. And, it, and even though he won that game, we did let him three goals. Yeah, it I, mean, was like, I mean, last week was... was uh, we, we did get very lucky last yeah. week. Let's, let's, let's not be yeah. around the bush right. there. Uh, so it was, this isn't being wise after the event. And, uh, and of course, Arsenal Twitter, as we have to... The, 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 the huge, vast army of Arsenal fans on Twitter saw that team. And were like, really? He's doing that again? He's st- still playing everyone out It's just... And for me, it does sum up that one decision to play to pick those players in that formation out of position shoehorning things in it just again it's like oh god how many times have we been here and why the manager in the world would would select that those players in those positions Charlie you're you're more of an expert than me well I mean yeah I think everyone when they saw that team was was baffled as to why so many players were playing out of position I was talking about this as well Wenger's managed to the the point of moving to that three at the back or five yeah. at the back everyone look at it is to make us more solid and he's managed to put like the Wenger stamp on it which yeah. means you play two left backs as the three centre back you have a right winger as your right wing back and it's all it just looks so muddled and I find that this move to three four three, fine it, it it did get results towards the end of last season but we 
had been building this 4231 system for about 10 years. Uh, that Our whole squad is geared towards that. Yeah. And then we moved to this system and the only surgery we do this summer to address the fact we've got a whole new system is by a left wing back and a striker. And then the the one player you think would be useful there, the left wing back, is not even playing in that position. Uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah. it's really, really strange. And sell a centre-back. And sell a centre-back. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're yeah, within yeah. a system that requires more centre-backs. Yeah. Utterly baffling. <laughs> and again, you have to question the senility of, of the guy. You really do. Yeah. You really do. You have to because from sitting there with a 12-year-old that's looked at the lineup and said, what's he doing, Dad? You know, this is, this is basic. And... We've started a game at Stoke, which is a tough game for us down the years historically. It's been said, it gets said all the time, despite last year's win. And we've gone into it like a Sunday league team saying, oh, you play there. Oh, oh, who else is around? Oh, yeah, you play there. Oh, yeah, but, you know, we need to keep Ox happy. Oh, yeah, we'll stick him over there. It's honestly like a Sunday league team. And the best player can't be asked happy. to play, so it's, like, it's even more yeah, like a Sunday yeah, league team. Yeah, exactly that. And we're a multi... No, 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 I don't. Oh, but, yeah. but, so, so, boy, let me tell you this, and this is oh. from inside information oh, here we go. about Alexis Sanchez. Alexis Sanchez is not injured. He's desperate for a move away, and he, his, his, pref, his preferred choice is Manchester City. Arsenal are doing their digging in the heels, but he is desperate to oh, get out of it. Don't say that, Gillard. Is this one of those... This is a legit... I mean, I don't know how often you've had uh, abdominal strains, um, but uh, it, it's surprising, isn't it, that the players who want to leave are injured, and this is, this is, a, this is a fact that he wants out of the club. He does not want to be managed by Wenger. I mean, it's suspicious. Charlie, what's your feeling about that? As, as a, I think it'll be, I think uh, this weekend coming will be revealing. I mean, clearly, if he's not playing again, then... Yeah. I mean, I, I think everyone, there's no, um, there's no suggestion really that he doesn't, that he's, his stance is anything other than wanting to go. I think, to be honest, Wenger's tacitly admitted that. He does want to go. Yeah, I mean, his fingers are not signing clearly not signing yeah. a new contract. So he's just saying, "Well, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna dig our heels in." I think the the club, the impression the club have always given, um, you know, off the record a little bit, is that were they to get a ridiculous offer, mm. they would sell him because okay. you know he has a price. He's not. I, I don't think it's quite the same as say Liverpool with Coutinho, where they're saying he has no price. And he hasn't handed. He hasn't had a transfer request, and he hasn't. No. He's not, but you're saying, are you saying he's, he's, he's not injured? So are you saying he's effectively going on strike or the Wenger's just not picking him? I wouldn't say that he's going on strike. However, he, he's desperate, desperate right. to leave. Okay. He's desperate to leave okay. and he wants to go oh, to Manchester. depressing. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, Alan was in the middle of a, of a valid analysis. Have you finished your valid analysis of Wenger's I think I'd finished, but going on with the Alexis um, story, I, does it not then point out to all these people that criticised the Arsenal PR spin last year that it can back, come back and bite you if you're not being particularly honest and that will happen with Alexis? Because, it, yeah. you know, as Gilad's just said, he doesn't want to be managed by Arsene Wenger. So those people that were holding that up as, as a reason why Arsene Wenger should stay last year, particularly on the, in the Ozil case as well, were, were totally barking up the wrong tree. They were believing and yeah. swallowing the PR spin of the club. And... You have to be so careful these days with with what gets said at the club, and I say it all the time when I come on here. And you know, people shout it down, and then it ends up being true. And there's no one accountable for the for the fact. Not that I'm right, <laughs> um, but no, no one accountable for the fact that nobody ever pulls these people up and says, "Well, why why did you say that then? Why mm-hmm. why why did you say that?" Before sorry, Gallo, before you about to say, let's just go for a quick ad break. 
Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. And we're back from the outbreak. Gilad, you have desperate to say something. Sure, and I was going to say, following on from, uh, from Alan's point in terms of no one, no one, say, picking up what the club say, in particular, no one ever picks up what Arsene Wenger says because we came to the end of last season and he got his two-year contract after having pushed for it. And Wenger said we were one or two players away from having a championship-winning squad. Now, going into the last week of August... He has built this squad, which, as we can all see, is very bloated. And you've got players on there earning 60, 70, 80, 90,000 that he cannot get off the wage bill. And now he's saying we have way too many players and we need to get rid of them. So, so what has he been doing these last two months? As in, surely he knew the squad that we had um, and he should have got rid of most of these players. I mean, now he's saying we're not going to sign until we get rid of it. But the transfer window is, is shutting next week. Um, likewise, you would have thought that in this time and age where players are going for crazy amounts of money, another manager would be able to get rid of players like Gibbs, like Jenkinson, and make a good bit of money. I read a very interesting, interesting stat yesterday saying the last player that Arsene Wenger sold for over 15 million since 2012 was Robin Van Persie. Hmm. Yeah, it was, well, it was, it was the Le Grove blog, wasn't yeah, it? Exactly. Um, and he's, he's mentioning, I mean, he's... he's his uh, backup point to that was Bentaleb went for 19 million. So, you know, you can mm. build these players up. But again, and I hate to say it, it comes back to another point to make. These players are coached in such a way that even if they have got a bit of potential and value, it's, it's not only coached out of them, it's almost selected out of them by the positions they have to play on the pitch. Um, yeah. The last line I read on the evening, in the Evening Standard on my slightly delayed journey up here, <laughs> hence my late arrival, was the Tony Evans column in the in the Evening Standard that said uh, a title challenge from Arsenal looks absolutely p- preposterous? I can't even say it, but yeah. at this point in time, and it does, it and, absolutely does. And Charlie, I think my um, a lot of people are saying, you know, we're already falling into the trap, if you like, of Vega and all that, and it was you know trending on Twitter or so. And there's already we're already adopting the same positions, but really. This and people are calling it a crisis, and as people are saying, well, what, I mean, I do feel personally fully in, in agreement with the point that we clearly cannot win the league after that, and that result is kind of something. But, but the bigger picture, isn't it, that well, they've got us into this mess of after two games, it's a crisis because of giving him the, the two year contract and then that whole tedium of last year going on and on and on, which he admitted, didn't he? Were you, I don't know if you yeah, were at that football yeah. writers event, yeah, 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 right, where he admitted, he totally admitted that, he, but he, he admits it in such a smug way, boy, as if like, oh, yeah, well, it doesn't matter now, does it? And he had a smile on his it's face, complacent. he's laughing yeah. and right. joking. Well, this is my thing, nobody's pulling him up, right? On that. Can so you imagine big, anyone me, getting away with that? No. Any employee, any the big word is complacency in it and everything, so all of that's team selection, but, the, yeah. his, his. The contract thing, his um, almost like the whole thing with the ox at the moment, you know, incorporating mm. him into this formation, even though he also apparently wants to go and hasn't, you know, not signed a new country. Just let him go. The, the bloated squad, these are all th- complacency, yeah. aren't they? Isn't it? I think as well that the issue that there is at Arsenal is that because you've had the same manager in charge for 21 years, is that it's really difficult to view a defeat against Stoke, for instance, in isolation. So yeah. with, with most clubs, you lose 1-0 against, a, you know, they're not great, but they're a decent side. That is not a catastrophic result. The problem is that's in the wider context of, well, we lose to Stoke every effing year and we are always flaky at the start of season. So there are so many of these things that seem to repeat themselves. And that's why it does feel like a crisis so early on. Yeah. And it is hard to see anything particularly different from, from every other season. It, because if, if that was, I'm not, 
comparing him necessarily but if that was Pep Guardiola yeah. coming in and playing two left back centre backs you might be like oh this is kind of sexy and weird <laughs> right. and a bit exotic when yeah. Rangers do it it's like this is crazy yeah. <laughs> why are but you that, doing you're this? absolutely right yeah the, but they've you, they have laid the foundations of this situation it's always going to happen it? after the first defeat if you can have one defeat in two games with him still there this is how everyone's going to react well, to I did why say- didn't you just get a fucking new manager and we wouldn't have reacted <laughs> this way and, we would have uh, given them time we would have gone alright and do you know what Boyd even if we sorry Alan for interrupting but even if even if we do lose to Liverpool next week, the thing with Wenger is, is that he will always pull back in that game that he needs to win. That's what he always does. He will yeah. lose two, three, and then he'll win the next one. And You're banging the desk, you I think. Uh, Sorry, I think, just I, to say. I think I said to Josh on the pre-season podcast, yeah. we'll lose at least two Oh, yeah, you did. Of our yeah, opening you did. five games, you did. and he took me to task. And I don't know what this I isn't mean, even. Clear. This isn't even one of the ones I thought we'd lose. <laughs> God. Yeah, well, and we will talk about the Liverpool Liverpool situation in the next podcast. But it is excruciating, and, and the, the the tedious thing about it is, is that oh, you know, we we're saying the same things again and again. But for me, the whole the whole the the thing about the huge squad full of mediocre players. The fact that really, if you if you stand back, we all got excited. I got excited when we signed Lacazette, right? I was like, yeah, we've done a bit of early business. He seems like a really good fabulous striker. finish, by the way. Fabulous yeah. finish. We haven't even talked about the season yeah. of the match. We should get onto that in a second yeah. now. But I mean, he substituted him. Just scored a great goal. You know, whether you think it should or shouldn't be allowed, he did score it brilliantly, and he took him off ten minutes later to bring Theo or Muscle Life Theo. That was insane as well. All of these things, the fact that he can't get rid of any of the players, the fact that he did the bare minimum, is what I was going to say, of signing Lacazette um, and the left-back is not being played at left-back, is all of it is that nothing's changed, does it? Because Apart it, from it, the two, it, one, it, two it, new it, players. Uh, Boyd, we, we knew this anyway, that as Alan was saying, the smugness of it all. Wenger, Wenger looks at us as fans and he thinks we're all a bunch of idiots and it's basically him sticking his middle finger up and he's saying I'm doing it my way I'm yeah. not changing it and this whole two years I think he's actually going to stay even longer than that, oh, that, that that's, that's, that's the truth okay. I mean we're going to have to take him out in a coffin <laughs> let's talk about a few specifics of the game so the weird thing about the game was to, again to be fair to people a lot of people point so there was the record amount of, um, of uh, possession by us I think wasn't it and the record least amount of possession mm. for them and we had quite a few chances that you know there's the there was the penalty that we should have got and two the offside two penalties and the offside so let's say the big, what about the offside because the offside is weird to me well that, i think it's it is actually the correct call isn't right it? It, it, it's technically one, well yeah it's one of those weird ones though where a linesman makes an absolutely incredible call and it said well he can't have seen it he must be getting lucky and it sounds like well you can't yeah. win i mean like he yeah. has got he's got it spot on and it's as hard a call as you could possibly have. That I, didn't annoy me because I think it was right. The penalties, well, Wenger went mental about that. Yeah, he, he was did. Like, 100% but it's the penalties that annoy me because that's happened against Stoke and a number of occasions where they seem there seems to be like, in the Premier League especially, it's like, oh, you're allowed to be really physical and foul. And it's like, why are you allowed to do that? And that Bellerin one at the end really annoyed me because he, just, he didn't go down. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, he hasn't gone down, so you can't give a penalty. Yeah. Why not? Just, yeah. It's so clearly a foul. And the Welbeck one as well, where he's going through, that's a foul. He's shoved over. And yeah. again, because he gets his shot away, it's like, oh, you got your shot away. So it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think, Alan, of the refereeing decisions? Or do you think it's bad that we, you can't blame it on them? The offside is really weird because, as Charlie says, it is the correct call, but you can still be frustrated with the fact that someone has managed to call something so marginal because <laughs> yeah. I think nine times out of ten... That goes in the top corner and, you know, it's, it's a goal. So I think you can be frustrated about that. I, I did think that we deserved at least one penalty. But then do you, 
there's two ways of looking at it. You can you can say we've been unlucky, but our our defeats aren't viewed in an isolated fashion anymore, as Charlie said earlier. So, I think you have to look at the way that we've played during the game. We haven't created enough chances or played well enough in the other in- incidents in the game to say that we deserve to win. But we probably did deserve to draw that game and come away saying, oh, that was a bit lacklustre, you know, but at least it's a point yeah, at it's Stoke yeah. and let's kick on with yeah. another game. Yeah. So maybe maybe we are a bit doom and gloom uh, unnecessarily because because it was a defeat rather than a draw. But there are enough things there in uh, the pre-match, i.e. the selection of the players and the way that the, the, the performance from some of the players um, played out on the day to still be critical, even if we, even if we had to come away with a draw. And what about the Mezzo factor? Because so it's on, I think on BT, Stephen Gerrard said he was like a disgrace or I don't know what he said. And um, a lot of people were saying he was terrible. Then someone came, someone posted a video. Someone, did you see that? Of the, all the good bits he had. Some yeah, really nice yeah. passes, admittedly. What was your feeling, Gillard, about... So, so my about feeling the, is, is, and I know a lot of Arsenal fans will take me to task on this, I think Mesut Ozil is a world-class player and I think that you can see from his performances that, again, he also just doesn't want to be there. Mm. He does not want to be there um, and he doesn't want to play. And I think that if there'd be more interest in him from other clubs, he would have gone by now. However, these clubs aren't coming in for him and putting in the the offers that he obviously wants. So he will probably see out his final yeah, year. there's no interest in... I mean, who's going to sign? No, yeah, no. Well, it was uh, uh, Turkey, the only interest from Turkey, was, was it? But I think it was almost an anachronism. He's this he's this kind of floaty number 10, live, you know, that role doesn't Very really floaty. exist at the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... And I don't, I don't think he had a bad game. I thought it was a really yeah. quite lazy punditry, actually. Yeah. He's such a lightning rod for critics. It's like, you know, mm. you lose away... Arsenal is away at Stoke. Who should we go to? Meza Ozil's an easy target because... You know, yeah, and I don't. I think he played fine. He was the least of our. Yeah, I mean, Jacker. I, I, I thought Jacker was much, much, much worse. And didn't Venga yeah. unusually yeah. named him, didn't he? As, yeah, as he said. He said after that. He yeah. said after the game, obviously, with the three-yard pass that he should have made for. <laughs> yeah. for well, the he, goal. Gave, he gave one away against Leicester as well. By gave, uh, the second goal against Leicester was yeah. from a loose. And Jacker's only thing is passing, isn't it? Like to me, he's not. He hasn't got pace particularly, and he's not good like at a fouling. Gra- to be fair, we're fouling, but not tackling. <laughs> yeah, right. And he's good at a, a long, a, yeah. a shot from thirty yards out. Every now and then, you might score from. I do like But do we carry on passing? Do we carry on playing Özil then? That's the thing, as in, because if he doesn't want to play, do we have to pick him? I to... don't know if it's fair. I mean, even I think I... he'll do enough. He'll do enough yeah. within a game. I mean, he's, you know, he's such a good player that you need him out yeah. there. But he doesn't make it easy for himself mm. because I can point to a, a situation in the Leicester game where we'd just gone four three up. We were just trying to waste some time at the end. I think there was maybe four of the five added minutes of the second half. And there was a loose ball between the two uh, Leicester centre-backs and he was our furthest player forward. And in any other situation, in any team in the world, your man furthest forward goes and chases that down, harries them into it, maybe kills a minute by them getting on, uh, you know, turning towards facing their own goal. And he wasn't interested at all. And those little bits Mm. are the 10% where people can pick it out like Gerard did at the weekend and say... I think he's a disgrace. When in reality, he's a he's a very 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 good player that makes it easy to be criticised yeah. on occasions with those things, little bits. There are two things as well with that because one as well, if he was producing world class displays, you'd probably allow him to mm. get away with that, right? You know, if he, if he was yeah, like you know, exactly. banging goals and assists, you'd be like, okay, he does that, but that's what Ezra does. The other thing is, it's almost it is almost a stubbornness on his part that we were saying about Wenger because 
anyone with half a brain knows that it's good PR to just put in like the odd tackle or you yeah. know be seen to be sprinting around herring around there are players who do that you know mm. even Alexis yeah. sometimes it feels a little bit showy you know because fans love that yeah fans they? love that yeah. like everyone like it's and it's but not, I, I think yeah, but, yeah and I think he just thinks that's he thinks that's not the most valuable thing for me to be doing right now I'm not going to do that just to be seen to be no I agree around. with you I think you're exactly right for me the problem with with Ozil is and I, and I kind of loved him when he, you know, I love the idea of him you mm. know I love the idea as you mm. say of the number 10 the skillful yeah. but to me it's not and as someone said oh well, you can't just judge him from assistant goals well you judge every other world class forward player attack as in you know not a defender or goalkeeper from assistant goals isn't it? all the world class players mm. And especially in that position, even yeah. number 10. I mean, he's got... And I just think, actually, he's not delivering enough of those things. Yeah. And Unless you know, he's working his arse off and his yeah. value is that so what is so I, know, so I agree. On the one hand, I agree the criticism is easy. But actually, if you're right. He's not producing. Once every five games, he'll produce an incredible world-class performance. And there'll be a brilliant assist and a brilliant goal or something. Or full of... You know, but... For me, the game this weekend was like, he's just not good enough to be that arrogant mm. about mm. all the other stuff. But Boyd, also, I think, though, that we would need to look, say, more at the team when discussing Ozil. When you're looking at, say, Welbeck, who I love. I think Welbeck has, has a lot of stuff. But Welbeck, and I don't know, I haven't seen enough of Lacazette yet to say, but yeah. when, Welbeck, when Welbeck is played in, you're never sure if he's going to finish it or not. Say with Henri was played in, you're, you're not sure mm. whether he was going to finish it. When Welbeck is played in, you're not sure. Just like with Giroud as well. Why do you love Welbeck? <laughs> no, no, I, I'm not saying I, I, I like yeah. his. I, I like say what he gives it in terms yeah. of like what we said. We well, love players who run. Players who players who run. And I also I thought against um, in the in the charity shield. I know it's not charity shield anymore, but he showed some really nice touches with Lacazette, as in his his layoff play. I think he's I think he's a clever player, but ultimately he's a striker, and what we need from him is goals. So if if Ozil does a fantastic through ball, I think. One out of four, mm. he'll score. One out of five, he'll score one-on-ones. And that's not enough. Yeah. You need yeah. two or three out of four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and as well, Ozil is at the mercy of finishers like Welbeck and Giroud, yeah. to an extent. You know, yeah. his big asset Those raw assists. Ris- yeah, yeah, those like, raw imagine, assists imagine, when you view imagine them Aguero, at the end of the Imagine Aguero yeah, exactly. in front of Ozil, with yeah. Ozil say, even if he has a terrible well, Sanchez. game. Sanchez. Sanchez has often been in front of but, him. But and I'm has often, saying that right. he, can, he can do nothing for 89 minutes and then one magnificent through ball. And I'm not I'm not saying that Ozil is fantastic and does it every day. I'm just saying though that we also have to look at the other players that Wenger has brought into the into the squad. Yeah, um, uh, maybe they're not good enough. Has, oh. there, has there ever been a time where you, you could sit down five Arsenal fans at random and mention a player, and they all were in total agreement on that player? Um, uh, it, this squad at the moment, I, I find. Well, you know, in, I, in I, recent I, yeah, years, I'll, yeah. I'll, now yeah, I'll be in a pub and someone will mention Walcott and I'll say yeah. I don't like him and yeah. Boyd will say he thinks he's wonderful and someone else will say I'm in the middle. I've never known... Sanchez, maybe? Uh, yeah, well, even Sanchez. Even Sanchez has his doubters, yeah, Chaz yeah, and yeah. people like that. Yeah. I've Chaz never Nicky known a time... Mention. Exactly. Anti-Sanchez, <laughs> man. I've never known a time when you could go through a squad and yeah, people be so divided on the players and those inconsistencies have to lie somewhere. They, they have to lie somewhere. I wonder where they do. <laughs> well, they do. They have to. We because could, you know, yeah. no, why are these players point. so divisive? We could talk about um, this all night, but we're going to... This, if this is, sounds like a shorter than, than, than usual, because we are going to do the other podcast, which will go out on Friday, and we'll talk more about all of this kind of stuff. And I, I'm going to close by mentioning the greatest Arsenal um, Twitter incident of the weekend, which was when 
Breitbart News, you know that kind <laughs> yeah. of right-wing fascist <laughs> pro-Trump uh, organisation tweeted um, about jet skiers are helping illegal migration and with a picture of Lucas Podolsky. It was one of the greatest <laughs> moments of the weekend and took my mind off the misery and inevitability of the Stoke. He's result. considering whether to sue, and I think he yeah, should. I think he should. He's yeah. getting money out of those Do it. Nazis, as I'm calling them. Ba- Bannon the Barbarian, is, as he says. Oh, he's got good. his hands back on, the we- on his weapons. Yeah, he's back, isn't he? Yeah, Steve yeah, Bannon, yeah. who was sacked yeah, from the yeah. White House for being too yeah, exactly. fascistic, is back at Bright and you can't be too much of a fascist. I won't ask Charlie, professional journalist, to comment <laughs> on the, uh, whether they'd he'd get a job. They offered <laughs> you a job, sports correspondent of Breitbart News. What would you do? Uh, be a challenge wouldn't it? it would I'd have yeah. to think very seriously think about, about it, it yeah. depends um, on what I write about Lucas Podolsky yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, on that, uh, that with that analysis thank you very much for listening we'll be back so we'll be back on Friday with part two of this podcast thanks bye this is a playback media production get all the associated links for this podcast at thewhistleblowers.net Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.